Hello and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast. Episode 64, getting ready for next-gen gaming, the TV upgrade guide. With me, George, as always joined by Tom, OLED 8K 65-incher to my black and white portable 3-incher. How's it going? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm well, thanks, mate. <laughs> you did good with that one. I've set myself off there. Uh, um, yeah. Okay, well... Thanks to the wave of new listeners, we'll give them a rundown. Well, it's of gone how crazy this week, hasn't it? it? Has, it has. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you to America, Taiwan, Japan, Belgium, France, the Netherlands, Ireland, every Fiji. single where you have crawled out from. We appreciate that, and we are humbled by your um, renewed you interest and vigor in the show. So, thank you very, very much. Um, I just feel we're at the level we should be now. Just stop it now. Um, be humble now, do it. Uh, anyway, okay. let's give this wave of new listeners a rundown of how the show is made up and how it goes. So, coming up, bit of news, Tom. What's the bit of news that's going to keep them hanging around? What you got there? Mm. If you're a fan of Peaky Blinders, you might want to stay and have a listen. Oh, also, okay. if you're a fan of retro and also Lego, bizarrely, for a video game show, we're going to have something interesting for you. Well, those with eagle-eyed know that you love a bit of Lego and Nintendo. We're trying to pass off that Mario tat a few weeks ago, almost as if you were a shill in Lego's pocket. Then we move into the feature this week, which is moving on with the 4K and 8K TV generation and how best to uh, get ready for that, if you are going to do so, and some of the lingo to uh, get into. And some recommends, Tom. Some TV recommends. After yeah, that, we're going to oh. give you the, the best sets we think are out on the market for various different price ranges. Okay. The features. man, the myth, the legend, then Stingray, which is our medium to which we explore the new release highlights. And then the show ends when I ask you what you're hoping to play for that game in week. But it cannot begin. It literally cannot begin until we say, Odders, grip that wheel. Tom, what have you been playing? Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. All wow. week. That's the only thing I've played. You haven't played uh, any of those online shooting games? Well, shoot a couple games. of online games, yeah. But we don't talk about those because they upset They're you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he doesn't like online games, new listeners. Uh well, not like online, on, online shooters. Online yeah. shooters, not a fan of it. Boy. Anyway, going back to Ghost of Tsushima, I've uh, progressed into Act Two, um, so I've moved on to a different part of the island. I could still visit the first part, and it's just getting better and better. Uh, I did a, a, a mission that I won't talk about for spoilers, but it just really sent shivers down my back. Just seeing the. Uh, the action play out, the cutscene uh, leading into actual gameplay was just really well done. I hope right. people know what I'm talking about when they get to it or if they've already played it. Um, yeah, it's uh, fantastic. It just looks phenomenal at times. I think a lot of people have uh, been spending way too much time in photo mode. There's some yeah. great creations out there. <laughs> um, I posted my first little video to YouTube of... Um, some gameplay uh, that I must admit 
on the PlayStation, I don't know what it's like on Xbox, but the sharing capabilities are so simple. Even for someone not as tech-savvy as me, it's click of a button, link your account, whether yeah. it's YouTube or Twitter, and away you go. Um, yeah, totally agree. So thanks for the views and the likes on that. Um, I'm not a content creator. I just sort of dabble, dabble on something like that. Um, I'll leave that up to you. But yeah, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, I don't think I need to recommend it to anyone who hasn't bought it because we did a big feature on it. Uh, it seems to be one of the fastest-selling PlayStation 4 games of, of this generation and uh, just continues to garner more support through word of mouth, I think, more than anything. I don't, pe- don't think people expected it to probably now be as, su- as successful as it's becoming. I think no. games like Rocks, uh, like Red, Rockstar's Red Dead and, and sort of Last of Us, you kind of expect it. But this is a bit of a new step for Sucker Punch uh, with a big big sort of uh, open world based on, or sort of based on history. Um, they've obviously altered certain things. Uh, but yeah, thoroughly enjoying that. And uh, that, that's about me for this week on what we've been playing. All right, okay. Well, pull up a chair and grab yourself a pillow because there's a video game host here who's been playing video games again. Naughty, naughty boy. Uh, So we'll start with um, Ghosts. I I agree with you. I mean, I've been on the first island. I I unlocked the second island, then I've been on the first island just clearing up side quests. Yeah. Just doing... uh, Have you got uh, Gotsuku's armor yet? No, that's the one where you have to do the farmsteads, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I love the look of that armor because I've, I've seen a uh, like an outline picture of it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's got it's like, pretty cool. Yeah, it wasn't as amazing. It's like hailed this as legendary armor. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll grind for that. Got it. It's a, it's, like, a, mm. it's a buff to the stats quite high. It's not as good as the fully upgraded um, samurai clan armor armor that you get from uh, Lady Matsuko at the beginning. It's not as have you been to have you been to get the clan Sakai uh army? Yeah, it's, and that's that's not as good as the fully upgraded uh samurai army you get from Lady Matsuko. No, oh, I don't right. think so, no. I find that, that really plays into my super aggressive samurai style because it gives you little health nudges and it'll give you resolve nudges and with the charms cool. I've got on the sword I can go full loco and then be rewarded with more resolve for doing so, so I can uh, heavenly strike my way with almost absolute abandon. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> heavenly striking. As soon as a brute appears, I'm not even, I can't even be bothered to change stance. I just heavenly strike him three times and he drops. Then that normally, yeah, the- that normally panics everybody else and they sort of scurry backwards and they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, fear the reaper, brother. I tend to play a little bit more in the traveller's attire because I don't know if, if you're like me, but I have to put him in the right attire for what he's doing. So if he's riding around, he's in the traveller yeah, attire. Yeah, you said fighting. this to me. But then that means you're sort of pausing it and getting changed mid-fight. I know. This is, this is a shame. I want, I want it to that... be realistic, George. I want to be driving around, riding, riding around in the Ronin attire and then when I get into battle, I want to change into this. Like, Just stop, guys, while I bring up my... Bring this is like you in real life, isn't it? Bring me up my changing cover, and a, a couple of well-paid uh, Asian ladies, seemingly, come and lift up a curtain around you while you get changed—a theatrical off-stage change. Because to those new listeners, they probably don't realise you're a little bit of a thesp. Currently, still trapped in New York as well. 
I know. I will. Phil, I the producers, Phil, the producer's back here in the UK, and obviously I'm sat in his studio where you should be if you weren't being completely corona scared uh, with your airtight <laughs> New York apartment there. And now he's the it's, guinea pig. So if he's yeah. brought it back to the studio and I am getting yeah. ill, that's on you. But if he's... You look, you, you look all right. Mm. You feel short of breath? Always. Always. <laughs> and I'm looking well well, because the, I've, ate my waiting, <laughs> I've ate my weight in plum life. Ah, uh, okay. Well, that's keeping your strength up, isn't it? Anyway, so that's that's my uh, ghosts. Again, I don't want to... We didn't want to ruin the story when we did our little preview and telling people how to get the best out of it in the first sort of I did it. half hour or whatever it was, or two hours. I did do another armor quest for the... It was called the Six Blades of Curio, I think, or Curio. Oh, I haven't done that one. Uh, yeah, that was really good. Um, some uh, some really epic... You know the jewels? Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of those, and they're really Have well done. Have you stumbled across the jewel in the Drowned Marsh yet? Yeah, that, so that's actually that actually contributes to one of them. Oh, does it? I didn't realise. Yeah, bizarrely, I did Me that neither. One. Yeah, I did that one and did completed it and then I eventually found the quest I think maybe you might have to do one to uh, get the you know the little blue icon yeah and that's kind of like a little bit frustrating because I just liked it that that was a jewel that I'd stumbled across organically and it didn't I like what I liked about that was it wasn't linked to a quest it was like oh yeah this mm, is cool but yeah I know what you mean it's quite nice to have stuff happen like that but it was uh, the, the story's good uh, to, behind the reasons for those jewels, but yeah, the armor's very cool. That bit where it's like, boy, you can go. It's, yeah, he's going to be head of kid or something, isn't he? I don't, you know, he didn't hang around long enough for me to ask him. Unfortunately, let me move yeah. on because uh, yes. I don't know if you know, Tom. It's been my birthday this week, so I'm wearing happy birthday. Uh, that the wonderful girlfriend oh, got me very a nice. Army t-shirt, uh, and I've got a Goro Majima one as well, which is uh, very, very generous. I've also hosted, as part of his uh, Northern tour, um, Retro Gamer Thomas, and we had a smorgasbord of uh, multiplayer games. We played actual golf on the PlayStation original. Look at you, like, what? Why? Because it's good, okay? We then played Tiger Woods 2010 on the PS3, which was an absolute joy. Uh, what I'd say about that old actual golf, though, when you have to time the swing up and down precisely, every shot matters. Whereas on Tiger Woods, it's just back, forward, smash it, done. Last lands mm-hmm. roughly in the area I need it to. I look like a rock star. Actual golf, you know, if you just catch that wrong, you might have a lead and then it just eviscerates because you're in the rough sort of hacking at the... And the commentary in actual golf is actually better than the sort of EA era commentary <laughs> where it all feels a little bit forced. But that's just me. Do you remember the club by Bizarre Creations? Their game yeah. that they did after Project Gotham that no one really remembers. It was on 360 yeah. and PS3. Played that as well, where you have to time the shooting sections and the combos together to multiply your score. It's it's basically like an extension of their kudos scheme from Gotham, but put into a gun uh, game. Cool. Uh, pretty good fun. Uh, NBA Jam on the 32X, absolutely brilliant port of that. Probably the best one other than Saturn that you can get. Uh, NHL original on Mega Drive, that's, uh, that's still a great game. Uh, crowd noise. Is that NHL 94? No, it's just called NHL. It's the original uh, okay. one. Yeah, I wouldn't mind yeah. 94, actually. Uh-huh. Um 
here's a here's a here's a little stop off on the on the way. Darkest dungeon on the Vita. Been meaning to pick it up for years. Girlfriend has once again rewarded me with a fine copy on the Vita. Um, you'd love that. It's on PS4 as well. It's just a nice little on the Vita. It's a great game. On PS4, it's just an extension of that, really. But you, the thing is, it's your heroes are kind of meant to die. You kind of know that you're going to lose loads along the way. So when you go into battle and you, you get attached to them because the bat stories to each single one, I don't know if it's randomly created or what, it's like, you know, when you build in your own lore about this guy is, is, is awesome. Like I got a crusader to start with and he'd been super brave. And I was like, yeah, I need to keep him alive. And when he fell, I was like, oh no. But it's, yeah. it's quite a good game. I mean, a lot of people out there have probably already played it, but if they haven't, I recommend they pick it up. Because you go into the dungeon and it gets progressively and progressively harder. But if you back out and retreat, your um, adventurers get um, self-doubt because uh, they couldn't uh, hack it. So yeah. then, th- then you have to kind of like nurse them back into, you have to send them to the pub or the brothel or the abbey and send them for like... Yeah prayers or teachings or flagellation or whatever it is to try and get their mindset back in the right place and sometimes in the dungeon even in the most desperate moments some of them get in some of them like panic and flee and you never see them again others get inspired and they sort of like do you know what i had this one guy like a highwayman and he got like wounded and he started bleeding out and he was like no do you know what pain pain inspires me and he was all of a sudden, he was at the front giving it the Billy Big Licks. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm having a piece of this. And another woman got sort of inspired. She got so sort of like scared out. She suddenly just sort of galvanized the whole team. She was like, no, do you know what? We can do this. In the darkest moments, we can make this happen. And it's narrated a little bit like... Um, Bastion. Bastion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. really so cool. Can't recommend that highly enough. Also on the Vita, I've been playing MLB 14 just on the career road to the show mode. Absolutely cracking. Uh, on PS4, got played Ghosts, been playing some Farming Simulator 19. Yeah, as always, a heady mix. Uh, car Mechanic Simulator. And the one I want to talk to you about, Final Fantasy 15. Now, I missed this at launch, but playing it now, from the way it starts with Stand By Me and you're pushing the car, I was just like, oh, this is a class act. This is, mm. I didn't expect this from you. What's this? <laughs> Obviously, I've played uh, the other ones, some of them not till completion, admittedly, but, you know, um, I've always enjoyed the Final Fantasies, but this one was just something completely different. From the moment it flashed up and said, for fans and first-timers, I thought, oh, Maybe we're in for a treat. And that opening, like I say, that opening stand by me, just the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I was like, this, this is a class. This is a real class act. And playing it, I've absolutely been loving it. I mean, I've been staying around like the local vicinity of the motel and the Hammerhead Garage doing sort of, as with all Final Fantasy 15s, it's worth the grind in the early stages to make sure you don't get sort of stuck and and zoned out in a boss battle that you can't really do anything with. You know, we've all been there where we've got to a boss battle, gone into it and been absolutely owned. And we realize that we're levels behind where we should have been because we've been fleeing or avoiding random battles and all that other jazz. So I've been taking on the hunting missions and I went down to the port last night uh, and did a bit of fishing, met a cat, bought it, 
transported some fish, but it was a very uh, exclusive cat. It needed uh, high gourmet. It needed it prepared by a certain <laughs> chef, which I quite enjoyed. I enjoy the camping, uh, the food, Tom. When you order food or mate, he makes you the food. Gonna cook up a recipe. Uh, <laughs> I know. And then he sort of clicks his fingers. Absolutely great. The way uh, when you're running along and some of them sort of catch up with you and then run backwards to look at the team, the way they all do sort of different stuff, like I caught the little blonde-haired guy sort of refizzing his hair up the other day. So we've got Noctis. Uh, Gladius. Max Gladius. Ignis Prompto. And Prompto, yeah. Ignis and Prompto. Yeah, I think the bond between those four is is excellent. It's really well done. Oh, the it's... fact that the fact that they're like they're they're like Nox's royal guard type characters. Yeah. yeah. And the dynamic. way the little details, like when you approach one of the wild animals, they sort of hunker down like the hunt's on and one of them was singing We're in the Money, We're in the Money the other day when we stumbled across a big herd. It's yeah. just like the little details. Like I've heard a couple of them twice, admittedly, but one of yeah. them was by mistake by me. But other than that, I've been thoroughly impressed. In fact, it's hard to stop playing that so I can put ghosts on, which I need to get finished, yeah. obviously, for this show. So Final Fantasy That's... 15, it just gets its hooks in. It's like, oh, what's around the next corner? What's over that next hill? wonder what they're going to say next. I'm going to stay in the motel because it's cool when you get to look at your photos that mate has taken. Oh, I want to eat that. I'm going to eat here because that food looks delicious. I want to see how that gets rendered in, in 4K. That, oh, wow, look at those chips. Look at the ketchup in that bowl. It's absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I'll grind on with that. I don't know how big a game it is. He play it. 40 hours. 30 hours. 30, 40 yeah, 30, hours? 30, yeah. 30 to 40. Have you got the definitive edition of that? No, I've just got the standard edition, but right. I was I, I, I was running an R and about getting the steel because mm. after I started enjoying it last night, I was like, hmm, I wonder how much the steel book would be of this because this is really good. And I'd like can, to play the definitive edition because I think it's got all the, the DLC packs with it as well. Ah, um, uh, I see. So that's not the steel book, it's something else, or is that the steel book? Yeah, I think there's like a there's like a royal edition or something. I don't knowing knowing Final Fantasy, there's many various copies. I'd actually argue I think that I enjoyed it more than uh, Seven, the remake. Um, mm. As good as that was, it did feel like a this is a part one, whereas Fifteen is a start, middle, and end. Um, are you are you kind of disappointed that they decided to remake Seven instead of pouring their attention into doing? A, a sequel like a an XX2 or an X32 uh, of, mm. of 15, or would you rather they just tore it up and give you 16 and give you a new story? Yeah, I think it, I think 15's wrapped up quite well. It doesn't really need, like, I think the DLC probably covers any other little avenues you might want to go down uh, if you fancy that when you finish it. But um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed 7, but. I'd have almost liked just to have the full seven experience, just release it in parts that are available to buy as and when you finish them. Mm. Um, I know that's that would have been pretty impossible, but uh, yeah, it, it, it feels and plays a lot like 15, so I think you'd probably like uh, seven, but I'd almost say as good as the characters are in seven, and they've been talked about for years, I think 15s are just as good. Oh, so far, I'm just enjoying... 
if it was just the Hammerhead Motel and the key for the rest of forever, I'd be stoked. You know, I'd mm. be happy. But this road trip looks road trip almost like a virtual road trip. Looks like it's going to go on. I'm I'm quite excited by that. I love the yeah. car, the way the roof comes down. It's like yes, yeah. Um, there's some great upgrades for that in later game, which I won't spoil. But I think uh, it, it's just a lot more condensed simpler story to understand whereas seven just leaves you with more and more questions like i say i know it's not finished but it's um i think 15 is the whole package great game so I glad you enjoyed that um yeah i'm looking forward to in fact, I'm it's to a couple of years ago when the, the other good thing they did basically in the game there's a, a mission towards the end that was absolutely poo-pooed because it was just really badly done and they basically with an update patched it out um and made and condensed it a bit more um that was a that was was a a downside if i was reviewing it now um as an original copy i'd have talked about how sort of um difficult it was well not difficulty but just the um it just kills that's one thing i find about the battles it's because they're your royal guards you know if you do get down to zero health or whatever they kind of pick you up and slap a potion in your hand and then you can sort of point more up out the way because i did stumble across some battles that were way mm. i didn't realize what level i was at and i picked a, i picked a bit <laughs> i thought yeah I'll, I'll go do that hunt that's fine and then it was like oh my goodness gracious me they're absolutely owning me i don't understand why and there was a lot of point warping going on from me there, which was, you know, you get your MP back when you point warp up, up to a cliff face, don't yeah. you? And I was hanging there, like, back up, like, okay, I'm just going to hang here and let them do some stuff. Get yourself together, knocked. Oh, but there was a bit actually where, and this is one thing I like about it, the contextual animations are great because I got knocked down and pinned down by like a, a bone horse type creature. And one of the guys came over and knocked it down pulled me up off the ground and then they high-fived each other and I was like, oh, wow, yeah, cool. this is awesome. So, yeah, I, I can't get enough of that. I think that game's absolutely brilliant. I don't know why I... I don't know, I was a bit nervous of it. It looked a little bit... To me, I saw all the reviews coming in and like a lot of these games, I, had a, I was watching someone play Grand Theft Auto V the other day. Oh, I forgot a game we, that I have played. We've got a new intern, by the way. Did you know that? Nancy the no. intern. As we get bigger, we get more staff. We've got Nancy the intern. And me and her, as part of her induction, played a way out. Ah. The one, a little, the one we It's played. a little bit swarry yeah. and uh, some yeah. front, male frontal nudity that I'd forgotten about, which was a little embarrassing for me <laughs> and the new intern. But you know what? We got through it. Uh, it's not one I'd play with James' work experience, boy, that's for sure. But... Um, I've forgotten what a good experience that is. You know, couch co-op as well. It was absolute blast. She loved it. She was like, is this what gaming's about? I was like, welcome to a gaming podcast. This is what this is about. Yeah, this is a way out. Get on board with it. Um, couldn't wait to get it finished. Played it in two parts. Probably did two thirds to begin with and then the final third act. Um, still a little bit perplexed by the ending, but if that's the story they want to do, that's the story they want to do. Yeah. I me and you played it through when it launched, didn't we? We got her excited yeah. by that. If you remember yeah, it. I do. Uh, yeah, I thought it was, uh, it was enjoyable. Um, the, the ending is rather 
strange and as uh, a few have mentioned in the discord recently yeah as if by magic bit... they were talking about that in the discord i mean the time yeah. couldn't have been more adequate because i never mentioned it and then all of a sudden it's like an where hang, hang on hang on a minute what are they talking about this yeah. uh but great game um i could say the ending's a bit bonk um, but i'm sure that game is cheap as chips now or it should be mm. So I would say so, yeah. Pick yourself up a copy if you've got a friend. And I still think that thing stands where if one of you buys it, the other person can play it with you through um, free of charge. Which yeah, is... I think that's that's uh, great. It'd be, it'd be good to see more of stuff like that. I know um, years ago, I think the DS or the G, I think it would have probably been the DS did that um, with a lot of games. So you could have one copy um, and you could do like a, close link crossplay yeah um and oh, yeah. also the G- and probably the gba as well i seem to remember mario kart on the gba offering that i think the psp uh, had some games that were like that as well yeah anyway i no, think we've good. probably Re- yes we've, we've probably talked too much about video games for a video game podcast it's absolute sacrilege tom it's time for the news we've scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories first up Return of the Fisherman. Splinter Cell fans rejoice. Sam Fisher is set to return. But do not get too carried away yet, listeners. Ubisoft have confirmed they're working on a Netflix series in an anime style based on the Splinter Cell series. One bit of good news with this is that Derek Kolstad, the writer from the John Wick films, is on board to help write and produce the series. This may leave some fans disappointed, but we're sure with this new series in the works, a new game to coincide won't be far behind. Watch this space. Uh, Tom... Everyone wanted Sam Fisher back. One can only yeah. hope that this is, if this is successful on Netflix, Ubisoft might raise an eyebrow and go, oh, maybe we ought to make a game again. Are they clamoring? Uh, do you think they want a new game? Like, yeah, we want a new Splinter Cell game. I, th- I think they probably already have it in development. I think that the, uh, the anime or the, the series that's coming to Netflix is probably just going to be to help promote um, the Sam Fisher world of Splinter Cell back into people's minds and mm. probably get some new audience members for the game. Probably coinciding with like, oh, you like this? You'll like our new game, Splinter Cell, whatever number we're on now. I like them. I think the first one on the original Xbox is one of the Xbox originals. Best games. Yeah, it, it was, was doing some on there. It obviously came to PS2 and I think PC as well, but it was like an exclusive to feel proud about. You know, we were original yeah. Xbox owners and having that game, I mean, I haven't played it for a long time, especially on original hardware, but I'd like to go back to it and, and play it through and be like, yeah, do you know what? This was a reason. I remember it being a reason to own an Xbox back in the day. I do remember yeah, I my- struggled with it though, originally because it, you know, the dark mechanic is a bit, bit glitchy and it's a bit, sort of weird how it does and it doesn't work and compared to metal gear it felt a lot more simi stealth than metal gears more sort of movie stealth if you know what i mean yeah i i like um i've enjoyed the metal gear series as well but i think splinter cell is is like you say a more simulation <laughs> almost it's very ultra realistic there's um Metal Gear Solid, to me, that, Metal Gear Solid uh, to me is like a Michael Bay film. Yeah, 
Um, I sometimes think that games get held back, you know, when they get pigeonholed or, or even bands and films as well. Like this is the new X or this is an XYZ beta. Can't it just be good at it being itself rather than Darkness of the New Queen or, you know, other mm. Splinter Cells, the new Metal Gear? Yeah. Or, yeah, chill out, guys. Well, Can't it just be Splinter yeah. Cell? Yeah. I know what you're saying. Um, I, a friend of mine had it. I'll not talk too much about it because hopefully we'll cover it in the Xbox original retrospective that we're working on. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it was. I went around to see it in action. And I was like, wow, that is unreal. Like the night vision effects were, were fantastic. Yeah, um, and it felt like a quite a big leap from Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, it did. I, I, just, mean, uh, I mean, I remember it looking photo realistic. I'm sure it doesn't. Yeah, but, you know, at the time it felt like, oh, I'm playing something really special here. Mm. Um, and it actually felt quite home on that big um, Duke pad mm. or the OG Xbox pad. Yeah. Uh, I think the button layout at times was a little bit awkward, but overall I think they did a good job. But yeah, uh, oh, and I remember the little camera you could slide under the door and stuff. Things like that. It was very like tech-heavy, yeah. wasn't it? Like, didn't that, that had like a green fuzzy filter on it as well, which made yeah, it look yeah. even more real, didn't it? Because, oh, well, that's yeah. how it would look. You know, yeah. It was great. It was very clever. Yeah, very much in its Rainbow Six and uh, Ghost Recon uh, vibe. Yeah, of very that much. Tom Clancy world. Yeah. yeah. With um, all the gadgets and gizmos. Anyway, we better get on to the next bit of news. Arthur. Is that the best you can do? Well, it is, yeah. Arthur. Arthur. Yeah. Oh, Arthur. Arthur Shelby. Um, uh, you're meant to enough be. Enough of you're the terrible impressions. A, f- a, a renowned voice actor, and, and you're you meant to up. pay me the money for that talent. So okay, I will. You pay mediocre. You, I will get mediocre. You two hundred pounds right now if you can impress me with that Arthur line. That gets you a letter. Let's move on. Some up and coming news for the strategic peak. I see you've tried to trick me out there with pesky blinders. You uh, wrote the news, and I just copied and pasted <laughs> it into the script, so I do not know why you were pinning that one on me. You okay, tried to trip yourself up, <laughs> unless you were thinking I you did, would yeah. go first with the news, and then I would get the second then one. Then you would actually counter-correct it. Oh, actually, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I was. I got caught out there. You did. Done up a kipper. Some up-and-coming news for the strategic Peaky Blinders game coming this week, with a release date and price confirmed. It will cost $19.99 and... Uh, $24.99 and it will release on the 20th of August the game takes place shortly before season one and is looking like it's in safe hands with developer future labs so the fact it takes place before season one means that hopefully the story is ramped down a little bit because I don't know if our listeners are are, are totally up to speed with Peaky Blinders so I won't say too much but it's all a little bit exaggerated I mean I didn't enjoy the last season at all. Did you not? I thought no, it was all right. I thought it was making it. Was it felt like it was trying to make too many points about what's going on in the modern day world, rather than it being just a self-contained good story. It felt like the BBC is always trying to be too clever. Oh, let's interweave this current narrative into this by making people think mm. about what they're like. I don't want that. And if anything, the Peaky Blinders would be absolutely the polar opposite of what you're trying to say. So that doesn't make any sense in the world that you've built for them. So I did find that a little bit weak. Um, 
but hey, you know, as the story and show has grown, the ambition of the main characters has also grown and also the stages which they meddle in has grown. So maybe, I mean, I just remember the self-contained first season. Yeah, do you, do you feel apps. it's probably, re- they've reached a point where they haven't got as many stories to tell in that smaller world, so they've expanded, like we say, the stage that they can it Just play that, out f- that first series felt, a lot smaller. It was all set in Birmingham or around that area. It was Sorry. more believable about what they'd be into. It was. It seemed yeah. to make more sense. The second season as well was was all the seasons right up until this last one that they did. I thought were absolutely stellar and were just about on the edge of what I thought was where they would be if it was historical. That gang wouldn't have got past mugging and stabbing people in the streets of Birmingham, let alone you know the almost global ambitions of the of the empire now. So, yeah, I, a game set before season one. I was more before going for a full Barry Norman critique of the whole Peaky Blinders uh, uh, franchise. I was thinking that set before season one would make it if it was smaller and more self-contained and. Uh, it kind of fits the game. It would fit a game better than where it's currently at, I think. So, you know, that's quite cool. Because it's gone for that Commandos, if anyone remembers the point-and-click Commandos or Desperados games, it seems to have gone for a similar vibe to that. Yeah, it's more a strategy-based game, isn't it? Anyone expecting like a a Mafia-esque third-person Action adventure are are probably going to be a bit disappointed. And I don't think that would work either, to be honest with you. Do you? Um, no, I think it would if it had the budget. I just don't think it. It's um, well, you could. It probably is a popular enough thing to to push into a triple A video game. But oh yeah, I, I, I'm not knocking anything they're doing here. I think it looks really good. I think um, the way you've got the little blurbs coming up and and the characters is a good way to convey their like on screen presence. Mm. Uh, without having to splash like mega budget on it so yeah it'd be interesting to see how that pans out it might be quite good I'm quite a fan of those sort of strategy games um, XCOM and uh, what was the other one Advanced Wars things like that Just, I know it's a, a little bit of a different world it's same but it's still the same sort of gameplay okay well make sure you pick that up those. and give us a yeah. review uh, what have I got here? A blast from the past. Uh, the Lego NES is now available on the official Lego store. If you want one, be sure to act fast. There's going to be a million scalpers picking three or four or five of these up, Tom. Of course, this yeah. is a 2,646 piece kit. is by no means cheap and will set you back $229.99 or $209.99 or your regional equivalent. Here's the official description from Nintendo for all your Lego and retro fans' needs. The Brit-built NES is packed with realistic details, including an opening slot for the game pack with a locking function and a controller with a connecting cable and plug. The controller comes with a buildable retro TV, which I thought was absolutely... That looked really great, that TV. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Featuring a flat 8-bit Mario figure on the scrolling screen, plus an action brick to scan with Lego Mario. Oh, dear. Figure not included. Find in the Lego Super Mario starter course set, 71360, for all you Lego nerds, of which I am one of. So reacts to the on-screen enemies and obstacles and power-ups, just like in the Super Mario Brothers game. Do you not think that's a cool feature? I heard you sigh at the the, the new I'm like, electronic so Mario. I'm just so over that 
again, no kid really, bar Game Boy Matty, is buying that Lego Mario and being able to play with it. That Lego Mario and this TV are being bought by 40-year-old virgins in their back room with more NES games than sense. They're going to buy two copies, one to keep sealed, one to play with that never actually finish, or finish and put on display in their elaborate game room. Um, Now that half the audience is just uh, turned off, we better... (laughs) (laughs) I'm normally the one that calls you down. You didn't rain me in, did you? Absolutely. No, I just thought... I just thought I'd like I think my anger's more aimed at people. Yourself. I think my anger's more aimed at people that buy two or three copies of that. Oh yeah. And they will. And the, and my anger at the Lego Mario starter course set is as with all Lego tie-ins. I, I like Lego City and Lego Town and all the Lego actual own themes. I do find the licensed stuff just so overpriced because Lego have got to pay a license. And and that Lego Mario, yeah. as good as it is, like I just don't see kids playing with it. I think it's a miss, to be honest with you. They're going to build it. They're going to bounce the characters around for afternoon. Then they're going to sack it off because it's boring. It looks great, but it's boring. Mm. And this this I TV, no kids buying that. That's aimed at the Lego collector or the Nintendo. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's yeah. a real apex point of complete maniacs there that are probably Lego, massive Lego fans. And I'm a massive Lego fan. One day, this isn't some sort of like, let me show you my kittens or would you like a sweetie? But, you know, my Lego collection is pretty embarrassingly large, I would say. I'm not proud of what I've done. Um, And I like Nintendo as well, but there's going to be an apex predator this is aimed at who's like a combination of both, who's got like sealed (laughs) NES games and all the rare games and got all his Lego, probably not even into Lego, but he's aware that it's collectible. Is that what I feel like that's aimed at? People that speculate to accumulate rather than get that to have it on display, if that makes sense. It almost feels like a a killer move. And that 209 or $229 is going to spike big time. Within two or three years, there'll be a grand. Do you think? Easy. Okay. Lego, well, accu- Lego accumulates just... faster in price than gold. I mean, that's that's a good investment, though, surely, for a lot of people. Again, but like I say, a good investment to hide away rather yeah. than... Again, it comes down to the people that buy the games and they don't play them. And like I try to put into rotation or have the ambition to play everything that I've bought. Same like with the Lego. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it gets savaged. I keep the boxes. Don't get me wrong, but it gets built, gets debuilt, gets built to something else. There's uh, a film. It's funny. There's a film about a, a, like a, a stock trader in London and he asks his boss cause he gets off a promotion and he's weighing up like happiness in life and financial like gain. His boss has like a, 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 um, Vincent van Gogh original painting in his vault and he mm. asks him like what do you do with it do you just go down and look at it in your vault it's like what's the point in having something like that if you're not going to have it on display <laughs> and it's just made me thought think about that it's, it, it is kind of at what point is it just a thing that you keep locked away and can never be touched or opened mm. and used as it was intended 
like you say, I think a lot of people are going to be buying a couple just so they can have one display. And it, it is 100% aimed at the collector. That's why they've got the other Mario, like, kids playable one. But do you think they missed a beat? In, they should have just had, like, I don't know, a Metroid set, a Zelda set, and just had it traditional sort of yeah i just think that playable thing is like lego trying to appease appease themselves and say oh kids will play with this and i I just don't see kids buying that mario starter course set i see collectors going down toys or us or whatever the equivalent is these days and buying about four of them at Mm. once and then maybe putting two up on ebay in a year's time or for the gram a lot of this is for the gram you know they'll take a picture they'll put it on Instagram and then they'll put it on the shelf and they'll never look at it again. And that picture will get like 70,000 likes. I'm like, yeah, but what's the, what's the, what's that? Uh, Again, I don't know whether I'm getting too old and I'm falling out of love and I've alienated half the listeners by having an opinion on it. If so, they can get in touch with us and we'll give them the means to do so in a moment, Tom. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. If, if I, if I thought I've got a slack 209 quid kicking around, yeah, I'll, you know, maybe I'd get that. I think I'd rather get the, uh, I think I'd rather get the Death Stranding Bridge Baby set and open that all up and put that on display uh, than that. Um, but yeah, it, it, I thought it, I thought I'd shove that bit in the news because it'd get you talking anyway. <laughs> well, um, it certainly got me talking, had it? Now I'm like, oh, well, as, a, as, a, as a fan of as a fan of uh, both. And you'd think I'd be all over that like a rash, wouldn't you? But it just kind of like it pushed a couple of buttons for me and then it turned me off. Do you see through the lies of the Jedi with that set? I think you have. Yeah, like I say, that that set was built purposely for the gram, Instagram. (laughs) Well, well, time will tell. Um, Next up, we've got a. Bonus no, rumor. I do the clap. You don't do the clap. It's a bonus rumor, not bonus news. Oh, okay, right. Can I? Can I just? I don't know how many of episodes our fans are listening to, but we don't. We don't do rumors, or we don't do leaks. Which one is it? Uh, we don't. I don't touch leaks because I think they can spoil stuff for everyone. Okay, is this not? A so leak? I just deal with rumors. This is a rumor. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a piece of news that could be true, but it could be not. So, so could leaks. Mm, usually they're right. This okay. Like talking, well, yeah. there's a very so fine, is, thin grey la- grey line you sail. And according this is to a recent, according to a recent PS4 box art leak, <laughs> <laughs> release <laughs> uh, release for the Avengers game, Spider Man will be a PS4 exclusive playable hero in the game. Uh, I suggest taking this one with a tablespoon of salt, not a lorry tablespoon, not a teaspoon. Uh, So so uh, so a large spoon. Yeah, of salt taken with this bit of news or leak or rumour. To be honest, that's been rumoured in our circles for a while. Well, it's the box art, recent box art leak or or reveal that has um, had tongues are wagging it could be fake box art but apparently on the ps4 box art it says exclusive playable character spider-man well they own but the lights don't what, they yeah the cool thing is i think it'd be quite good if they did like a soul caliber 2 where they each console had a, say that yeah uh, a playable character uh and i did see someone post a funny comment i can't remember their name but it was basically saying uh ps4 gets spider-man xbox get wolverine 
Google Stadia, get Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Don't you dare say anything bad about the Stadia. You know, I'm the official champion of Stadia. On There's this no game. need for that anymore. I've told you, it's done. Stadia's as taking is, Xbox as Games Pass news. and breaking it, Doof, Bane style, across its back. Like, no, I am. I am Bane. Well, you better do your little news blurb. <laughs> Did we miss anything? Do you have an opinion or take on the news we missed? And let's face it, after my Lego rant, I think some of you I might have you- an opinion. Tom, if they've got an opinion on that or some news that we missed, no doubt the PS5 and Xbox Series X price was confirmed as we were recording this. Tom, how do the collected masses get in contact with us and let us know that I'm too opinionated for my own good, which makes a change because it's normally you, or that you have been caught napping and that Peaky Blinders game is absolute trash and fun scangs in, in Birmingham and therefore shouldn't be endorsed, or that Sam Fisher maybe already has a Netflix series. And everyone's watched it, and it's amazing. Uh, Well, if you want to correct us or give your opinion on the news, or just generally get in touch, you can reach us on um, Instagram via direct message, Twitter via direct message, or you can email questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. We also have a Discord group uh, that is free for anyone to come and join in the, the spiel. And chat with uh, other gamers and just talk about anything in life really it's a good group and we welcome newcomers all around um, that can be found on the link tree on Instagram uh, and yeah just follow it onto the Discord page and Twitter on you always forget our Twitter arm well, it's not massive is it on Twitter no but they're good people Johnny Vita Ireland you know he's there holding up the Twitter Holding where did you bucket. find where did you find Gazlov's games? What hole did you find him from? <laughs> that boy gets more props than he rightly deserves, I would say. Uh, he does. You'll never find a bigger hive of scum or villainy on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> we must be cautious. I think he came from the YouTube, didn't he? No, he was he was Instagram. Oh, we'll see. Yeah, that's when we... I'm glad I don't circulate in these areas. Uh, Well, you just sit in New York taking all the money while I sit here in the UK managing all the socials. organizing. Oh, little bit. News, Tom. News. Bonus, 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 bonus news. Every single week we put up a post on Instagram, okay? Or Twitter. There's me forgetting Twitter after telling you off. Okay. Well, we put that post up to ask for people to comment. This week it was our feature, which is Next Gen Gaming TV Roundup How To Guide. And we ask people to comment on that post so we can um, put their comments into the feature. Now, as an encouragement and also a reward for great comments, we give a prize every month. Tom, this week, because it's my birthday week, I'm doing. You pick the comment. I'm picking the comment. This is one reason why you need to get your sorry backside back on social media because this was your one job. Okay. But seeing as I'm in charge of the wallet while you're in New York and it's my birthday, we've got two winners this month. Okay. Rice Stars and Mr. C for their comments on Hidden Gems uh, episode. Well done, boys. Get in touch. 
Find out how you can access your awesome prize from Adam the Artist, a.k.a. Etsy's famous comic pictures, No Space. Go have a look there, boys. Find a picture you would like. Let me know. Or Adam, a.k.a. Comic Pictures 79 on Instagram. And we shall make sure you get your prize sent to you as a special sort of, I'm feeling generous, like a Roman emperor, Tom. The party has not stopped. And I'm giving out free games, not free games, but, you know, Colosseum games. Hey, do you know what? There might be a free game in it at some point in time as well, because I'm feeling uber generous. We need, we need to get um, a little gift box done again, don't we, for a prize? We do. Yeah. We can, maybe, we can maybe run a different competition for that. We'll come up with something. Yeah, it's, it's time, isn't it? The, the audience needs rewarding again. Yeah. Uh, let's face it, we're not hidden behind a paywall. You don't need to pay to comment on the show. You can just do that. With that with that with that generous UK's number one gaming podcast. Get get involved in the conversation. It doesn't take much and you could win a prize. Some would say we're over generous. I would say uh yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. C Rystars, thank you for your contributions. You both won a prize this month. So get in contact with me or Adam the artist to uh, secure your prize. Look through his fine wares. If you've not been lucky this time, keep going. And if you want to, pop over to Comic Pictures No Space on Etsy, have a look what you could have won, and maybe treat yourself to something anyway, because it's all very well-priced geek and art prints that he does, all hand-drawn by the mighty Adam himself, Tom. So uh, his his recent sort of four teams of, uh, or the team series he's been doing of the Thundercats, the Turtles, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Battle for Planets, Battle of the Planets, whatever it's called, uh, has been absolutely peerless. I particularly like that uh, Battle of the Planets one. I thought it was great. So, yeah, kudos to Adam. Tom. Yeah, good stuff. We've now arrived at the, um, what some would say is the meat in the sandwich of the show. I would say it's the uh, it's a piece of margarine on a Rivita. But there you go. Um, ever the salesman. It's, uh, it's the getting ready for next-gen gaming, the TV upgrade guide feature okay that took some saying didn't it don't want to say that drunk i also don't want to i'm also a bit nervous about saying that again (laughs) so i'll probably fall over this time round. getting ready for next gen gaming the tv upgrade guide for once that's the man who does the voice work he's actually able to say a sentence without tripping himself (laughs) up it's absolutely great i'm glad i got a first-hand seat to see why you're paid the big bucks for voicing and the only time you talk about bonus is when it's to do with my salary. So on with the show. Okay. Well, it's so so it seems with every generation, every push for, push forward in technology these days, it needs a TV to match it and extract the best from it. The, there's lots of new tech out there from 8K to HDR, and we're going to explain to you what you need to know to make informed decisions when buying that new set. First off, and seemingly the biggest difference maker even over resolution, is HDR. Tom, what is HDR, baby? Well, HDR is, or high dynamic range, is a difference maker in new TV features. TVs that support it can usually offer brighter white and light areas and a wider range of colour detail for a combined greater image overall. Now, I haven't upgraded to 4K TV yet, but HDR is the one I always hear thrown around. in, especially in gaming, 
when you want to upgrade to a 4K set. So yeah. this is the this is the number one we want to recommend that you look to get with your new TV set. Yeah, if you're getting and a 4K it's, it's, set and you're getting a cheap one that's not going HDR on it, like don't get it. Just don't yeah, get just it. Save the little bit extra if you can and, and go for the HDR. So um, I think there hopefully. might be a few 4K sets in circulation on eBay where people got on 4K early doors, but that mm. didn't have HDR implementation. They're thinking, oh, yeah, look what I'm getting, 4K, but it's probably not going to be what now. you imagine. Yeah, we think most do now, don't we? Yeah, um, mate, every set that you're going to get now with 4K on it is going to have HDR. I think that's what made you change your T when we had the 360 and you you had a HD-ready TV. Mm. Um and I didn't. I went out and got like a Samsung HD ready, and then after you have to see mine, we're like, yeah, the, there is a difference there between the early and the, the newer sets. Yeah, because so. I'd had a, a technically an HD ready because that was all the confusion back in the day, and I, I do believe it's a little bit similar now. There's like HD ready and HD, and it like they ended up being very very different standards. I think I could mm. manage. I got my 360 back and I think I could manage like 480i or 480p and you were sat there singing and dancing at 1080p and I was like, mm, damn it, yeah. <laughs> if only. You get on board early, you're probably going to be top of the gen for about an hour and then you're going to get owned, <laughs> aren't you? So as always, yeah. patience is rewarded. Getting back to HDR though, luckily HDR compatible TVs are very common. Nearly all mid-range and high-end TVs have HDR. At the same time, HDR TV shows and movies are becoming more common, both on streaming services like Netflix and Ultra HD Blu-ray discs. So is this newfangled HDR worth it? Simply, yes, is the answer. HDR, HDR requires both a TV that supports its special HDR content. Uh, HDR images can achieve brighter highlights with more contrast. Many HDR TVs also have wider colour What's that? Colour gamuts. Uh, color gamut, resulting in deeper, richer colours with content that supports it. Uh, HDR on a budget and HDR on expensive HDR TV can look very different. With some budget TVs, HDR can even look worse than mm. a non-HDR. I didn't know that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, almost all HDR content today is also available in the 4K resolution. Uh, there are numerous HDR formats, including generic HDR, aka HDR10, Dolby Vision, HDR10 Plus, and more. Yeah. Uh, now, I got a set early in the 4K revolution, and it came with, I think, HDR, which was HDR10, and then it got on a, a Dolby Vision upgrade uh, software patch, which I was very grateful for because I actually think the Dolby, Dolby implementation is better. Uh, and when I got that upgrade and was able to get the PS4 to talk to the TV, because I've got a Sony set, uh, and then back again, mm-hmm. it was it was it was markedly improved. Yeah, it's good. Um, well, to close out with high Let's, dynamic uh, range, yeah, I'll do this. So, what is yeah. high dynamic range? The two most important factors in how a TV looks are contrast ratio, or how bright and dark the screen can be. Color accuracy, which is basically, and color accuracy, which is basically how closely colors on screen resemble real life, or whatever palette the director intends. 
don't think this is just us spouting off either nearly every TV reviewer people have participated in multi-TV face-offs at stores, at websites, at magazines, and industry experts all over uh, will say, put side-by-side TVs with a better contrast ratio and more accurate colour, and the other with just a higher resolution. The one with the greater contrast ratio will be picked by pretty much every view. It'll be more natural, have more pop, it'll be more lifelike. Uh, despite having uh, a lower resolution. So mm, it's that moment where the sun pops, yet you've got something in shadow right next to it and there's no sort of bleed in and the colours are rich and, and exactly as you want them to be. It's like yeah, Gran Turismo 7 Sport, or whatever it's called, has got, Gran Turismo Sport has got these fantastic moments where you put, you know, the brake lights and the headlights have got HDR. So they can be bright, blinding, like they would yeah. be, yet mm-hmm. without bleaching out the surrounding area. And you can have moments of like really intense brightness. And I've noticed that even if you put like a standard DVD um, in the PS4, for example, and play that, HDMR, HDR implementation that's sort of implemented by the TV is able to make those images look absolutely fantastic. I'm not saying it's going to make it a Blu-ray. There's obviously some upscaling going on by the TV and the PlayStation as well. Um, but generally, it's that, you know, the white of snow against the darkness of a tree, it, instead of it all being washed out like it would be at 1080p on a standard TV. Now, there's some great 1080p sets out there. I had a, um, I had a, a Samsung 3D TV that went bang on me that I had actually tuned in with the um, THX app for your phone. It took me ages to tune it in, you know, to set the colours. But when I'd set the colours and the resolution, everything was bang on. That TV looked incredible. So that's another thing I would add um, is that that app's like, I don't know, 79p. It's a proper THX app. It even has like a, it uses your TV, it uses your phone camera for you to be able to tune the colours in exactly as THX want them to be tuned in. And if you're just playing on a standard you know, warm, vivid, dynamic game, you know, you're not seeing the, you're not seeing the best picture it can do. And I always set and my, that, um, that THX app is available on the PS4. Oh, is free. it? Is it no, now? But I thought it was, or do you have to just do it all through your phone? I just did it all through my phone. And that links to the PS4? No, it links to your TV. Uh, okay, so it's got to be smart, smart, ready TV. You don't need a smart, ready TV either. Oh, really? Yeah, it just tells uh, you what to do. Like you hold it up, you hold up a red yeah. filter on your phone, and you need to make okay. the boxes disappear on your phone mm-hmm. by adjusting the color up and down or the brightness up and down on your on your remote. And it also gives you test uh, images and tells you exactly what to tune it to. So there's yeah. one of a hot air balloon with some lines, it's strings attached and it says, you know, mm-hmm. make sure you put the color up to this point, but you still need to be able to see these individual strings. And it's yeah. like, ah, right. Okay. I can do that. It's very, very simple, but it's like the THX optimizers used to get on DVDs, but you know, as yeah. kids, we'd obviously bleed the hell out of the whites and it would all <laughs> look a bit hideous. If you take your time and do it properly, any modern set, I would say can be made to look, 20% better than it does right now if you tune it tune it properly. So it's worth the time. 
again with all these things surround sound and that all that sort of, i've got an old surround sound system but i've used like a decibel meter to make sure all the speakers are exhibiting at the same level and like gone round and made sure that they're it's doing the best it can do with the feed that it's got with the technology it's got in it you can make you know so even if you haven't if you've got haven't got the money to go out and get a 4k or 8k set or you know whatever it is there's ways to make what you're doing at the moment better if that makes sense so don't feel like oh these boys are saying go out and get a brand new or singing or dancing 70k tv we're not some i would never say that i would say there are steps you can take to make the games that you're playing and the movies you're watching looking even better than they do now and some of these standard settings that you get on the tv are are trash you're so much more organized than me and go to the 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 extremes to make sure you have the optimized picture performance and with the sound <laughs> i'm just i'm just mr yeah generic stick it on dynamic that looks good shove the game in away i go dynamic yeah god yeah Dark it depends what everywhere. you want from in a, in an image and and a lot of the things with image and clarity it's all very subjective you know because my Can eyes are I different to your you, eyes can I pay you to come round and optimise said TV? I would happily do that for you. Thank you. Such a good guy. I am the nice guy, which is why I feel really guilty about my Lego rant now. I feel terrible. But you know what? Every now and then I've got to stand up with us. I've got to get a spine made out of something other than jelly. Yeah. you can, Well, you don't want to be cast as the season one person of me being sat on the fence over every feature we did no definitely not you know um well we better get to the resolution 4k 8k what does it mean what does 4k mean it depends but usually it means three times no eight am i gonna three thousand eight hundred forty times two hundred and sixty pixels one hundred and sixty pixels what <laughs> I try and write these scripts in it's like this is Billy Boy most basic fashion I can get. <laughs> what are you 3,840 times two, 160 pixels. What are you on about? That's a comma. 2,160. It's because there's no space. Between your ears. George, you can write this stuff, but you sure can't say What it. an absolute pillar. <laughs> the most informative TV uh, guide out there tell me tell me more about resolution well remember these are all these are all measured in the thousands all right so don't okay don't do okay. that again you're very naughty <laughs> so 8k is a higher resolution than 4k and that's it simple as 1080p screens have a resolution of 1920 by 1080 pixels see what they did there i did 4K screens double those numbers to 3,840 by 2,160 and quadruple the number of pixels. 8K doubles the number again to a staggering 7,680 by 4,320. That's four times the number of pixels as 4K, which means it's 16 times that of a 1080p TV. Mm -hmm. Impressive. Resolution is one of the most common specifications used to sell TVs, partly because 4K and 8K sound really high-tech and impressive. However, resolution is not the most important ingredient in picture quality. Just because a TV has higher resolution than another, 
uh, doesn't always mean it looks better. It might not, but not always. And for that reason, they have little to do with resolution. A TV with better high dynamic range performance, a better overall contrast ratio, or better colour will look better than that one. Uh, than better than on, that. On one. that note, in our push to go flat screens as consumers and gamers and movie goers and all that, we we ditched and dropped our CRT TVs as if they were nothing. But you know, CRT yeah. TVs are actually capable of some absolutely stunning resolutions and stunning pictures i watched a digital foundry video where they'd got hold of a very late sony tv that had hd inputs but it was a crt and it Mm -hmm. looked incredible absolute performance beyond anything um so you know even those people out there with crts don't get disheartened friend don't get beat down because if you look at it some of those monitors TV CRTs are capable of some absolutely stunning resolutions and their contrast performance is is very, very good. And in our push to get a flat screen TV because we thought it was better and it was HD and all that sort of stuff, in many ways we were actually getting a downgrade in picture quality. Um, it, you know, it's hard to explain sometimes. It, it can seem like, oh, well, that, that's old technology, that's pants, but it was the very peak of old technology. Um and it was it was performing very very well, and it's taken a long time to equal or get a better quality of picture. Again, you know, Dad sits down with a remote; it's not quite bright enough, so he whacks up the brightness, and then he thinks he knows what contrast is, so he starts messing <laughs> around with that. And a lot of TVs can look washed out and pony. And again, just take the time to bring them back down to a lot of the time the settings at their best when everything's just set to zero. I mean, I don't mean total darkness. I mean the center section, you know, you can go up or down in color or, or brightness. Sometimes just having them set to factory standard, which is zero, zero, zero is the best way. Well, let's give them a little test, shall we? Yeah. At home, look closely, really closely at your TV, but not too close that you end up having a fit on the floor. Try to find a single pixel, not the individual red, green, and blue lights. Those are the sub-pixels, which means you're too close. If you're looking at a 4K screen, imagine four pixels taking up the space of that single pixel. If you're looking at a 1080p screen, picture a grid of 16 pixels, 4 by 4 with that single pixel. That's 8K. It's much sharper than 4K and much, much sharper than 1080p. Yeah. And that's basically what you're doing there. The more information you can cram on that screen, the less pixels you're going to see. And that, you yeah. know, back in the day, you'd see a game. And this is where the consoles couldn't muster it. Um, but you would see those sort of jagged lines where a straight line was meant to be. Yeah. So you couldn't draw a straight line because it couldn't, it only had a pixel per line. So mm-hmm. it was always going to look like a load of diagonal blocks or connect four. Obviously, if you can jam more pixels on there, you can hide that line. Make it look sharper. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very clever. Um, and obviously, this has led to just having almost photorealistic graphics. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was playing um, when I was playing Final Fantasy. Oh, Ghost of Tsushima is, is another classic example. More so, yeah. You know, you look at the fine. Like I've got down on my hands and knees, a foot away from my TV, and zoomed in, literally <laughs> right into the very granular detail of his uh, samurai armor. 
and yeah. seeing the individual strands that make up his armor. It's like unbelievable. I yeah, can't it's pretty mind blowing, isn't it? Pixel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Here's a here's a new one for you, Tom, uh, okay. and one that's probably going to be more key as we go forward. ALM and VRR, auto low latency mode. And the idea that it's a standardized signal the console can send that TVs can receive and know they need to switch you into a gaming-friendly mode that reduces latency. We'll come back to that in a moment. The crucial part is that it's all platform agnostic as long as your consoles and TV both support it. It happens seamlessly, even if they're from different manufacturers. One of the most exciting new features of the next consoles is that they can output video at 4K at 120 frames per second. Current-gen consoles offer 60 frames per second maximum, Higher frame rates means two things. One is that you're seeing games responding to your inputs twice as fast because a new frame appears in half the time. The other is that everything on screen looks extra clear, even in motion, because you're seeing everything as its movement happens in a smaller increments. Basically, for games, this, which won't be all by any means, you'll be able to react more quickly and accurately to action, and motion will look much smoother and more realistic. Related is another next-gen feature, Variable Refresh Rate, VRR, which is designed to help keep games looking smooth and balanced and visual quality. The idea is to sync how quickly your game console generates a new frame with how often your TV is expecting to show a new frame. If the two aren't in lock, you can end up with what's called screen tearing, where you see a half-finished frame make everything look off. In order to keep things in sync, games of the past have usually locked their output to 30 or 60 frames per second because this will reliably stay in sync with the TV. But this causes restrictions on how much graphical wizardry can be put into the game. Because these frame rates are inflexible. With VRR, the console and TV can stay in sync even if the frame rate needs to, for example, dip a little below 60 FPS, so that an especially graphically impressive scene can happen. Everything will look smooth and correct. Games can have more flexibility. Now, in the past, I've not been a big fan of game mode on a tv yeah it reduces latency but we're talking by i don't do a lot of twitch gaming and i certainly don't do any online competitive shooting so it doesn't matter to me if i'm 0.25 milliseconds out when i press a button. yeah you know i'm looking for the audio visual experience rather mm-hmm. than i am for like fast inputs. And, yeah and normally i find that the input lag is so low that i wouldn't notice it anyway mm-hmm. so gaming mode tends to sort of in the past, and I think your TV's got a gaming mode, that absolutely kicks the back door out of the, the colour saturation and all of that just to make sure that it's able to pull that information through so you can press the buttons quicker and it reacts almost instantaneously yeah. to what you're seeing on the screen. Almost a low version of ALM, an early version of ALM and VRR. But the picture quality, I think, always takes a knock or it gets... I pray I put my TV onto game mode for Horizon Zero Dawn. I just did not like how it looked. I was mm-hmm. like, oof, no. Now I've set my TV up for a filmic experience. So it's a little darker in places, but I think HDR tends to mitigate a lot of those problems. So you can set the set the colours and the tones as it would be in the THX app or in the movie pro mode uh, or the yeah. movie home mode that my TV's got. And I find the graphics at that point look a lot more realistic. Yeah, there can be times where it's dark, but intentionally it is meant to be dark in those situations mm-hmm. rather than it be sort of you go into a dark room, yet you've got your brightness pitched up so high it looks like a brown mess, you know, whereas it's meant to be dark and full of shadows and 
as it would be in real life. So, yeah, I think these new modes, these newer modes that are going to be a little bit more prevalent in these new TVs, etc., are going to be very, very well met with the PS5 and Series X. So you never know. It might be the new game mode and the new way to play. But again, if you're sat at home going, oh, I've listened to that guy prattle on, I'm going to go mess about my settings. Oh, I don't need to listen to him. There's game mode here. I'll stick that on. Don't, don't do that. Don't yeah. Do that. If there's a movie mode, that's probably where you want to be. And then notch the brightness up a little bit for your games. Uh, Sound advice. Um, yeah. What's up one- next? One other important bit of information is HDMI 2 or 2.0. So HDMI 1.4 introduced the kind of bandwidth required to deliver 4K video, but HDMI 2.0 can deal with 4K video without compromise. At 50 and 60 frames per second, in HDMI 1.4, the rate of 4K was limited to 24 frames per second. If you're a frame rate guy, this is important, obviously. we probably, if you look at a lot of PC gamers, they'll throw 50 and 60 frames around a lot. And to me, I think like when you do see them side by side, you can see a massive difference. So it's going to be great to have some sort of solid frame rates on the next-gen consoles that can compete or if not better than PC. Uh, so if you're upgrading your TV to match your console to work at 4K or 8K, the, uh, this must have... HDMI 2.0 to enjoy those upgrades. You also need to pick a TV that has as many of these as possible, as some early 4K screens only have one or two sockets. Yeah, that's interesting. Only to got two HDMI 2 inputs. So, so let's say you get home with your PS5 or Xbox Series X, um, you're going to need one 2.0 HDMI port to plug in uh, the picture. Um, is that is that just going to be enough for next gen gamers? They're only going to need one port, surely, unless they have like a a Blu-ray player. Yeah, well, they might have a, a, a ultra high definition Blu-ray player. They might have a Series yeah. X and the PS5. Yeah, yeah. They might have a point. PS. They might decide they want to keep their PS4 in rotation because some games might not be backwards compatible, or they just like the console generally, and they Good want point. a PS5. Absolutely. So yeah. if you've got a Pro, obviously these only matter if you've got a Pro or a, a One X. Um, yeah. because they're the ones that they're outputting at the, the full 4K but or checkerboard 4K right into me, you know. I've probably said loads of things that are wrong. <laughs> uh, and, you know, we like to be corrected. We want to know what you guys think of the show. So please email us questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. We respond to every single last one of you. And if we've missed an important piece of information or an idea, um, let me know. Please do. Absolutely. So um, hopefully was, that's the difference makers explain, Tom. Here's some, what are you going to well, tell you, me? You, you've taught me a little bit there with the, the HMI uh, 2.0 and the, the 1.4 because I have a PS4 Pro, but I don't have a 4K TV. But I do, yeah, I was well, just peering around the back just to see whether I had a different HMI port at all, but I don't, so that's disappointing. Well, that's what all that noise has been, is it? You pulling the, Oh, sorry. Pulling your TV off the wall in your... Yeah. New York apartment there. Okay. Well, I'll have uh, to get someone out to come and fix the bracket back on because I didn't know how to unscrew it. So I just pulled it just off. Wrenched off the wall. It's time to yeah. go get a 4K then. Throw it out the window like the rock star you are. <laughs> uh, so I hopefully will. that's the difference makers explained. Here's some top picks of great sets that should make the Series X or PS5 look at their best. 
First up, the Samsung Q60R. It's a 55-inch QLED 4K TV. That's a, a really great value QLED TV set, and it's currently under £1,000 or $1,000. Uh, screen size, 55 inches, resolution 3840 by 2160. So obviously that's 4K. It's refreshing 120 hertz, which is fantastic. That's obviously ready for the next-gen consoles. My TV only refreshes maximum 60, I think. So 120 is going to give you that 120 frames a second. It's QLED as well. It's got a smart TV. It's not curved. Uh, and it, it's not a bad size either, 120, 1,226 wide, 777 high, and 50 deep. They're in millimetres, obviously. Now, here's one for you, Tom, the Hisense, uh, which I think actually they make some absolutely great TV sets, and it's, it's very easy to hide. That will be just rubbish. Well, do you know what? In, in tests and side-by-sides, the Hisense performs really well. It's a Hisense H50B7100UK. Um, that's obviously probably our specific model, but just look for that Hisense H50B7100. It's a 50-inch 4K TV. The best budget 4K TV, 300 to 400 pounds, depending on the retailer, obviously in dollars. Screen size is obviously 50 inches. Uh, it's got a free view uh, HD tuner inside it. Its resolution is 3840 by 2160p. It's got a refresh rate of 60 hertz, but again, don't let that put you off. That's 60 frames per second. Uh, panel technology is LED direct lit. Smart TVs, yes, it's not curved. Its dimensions are 1127 wide, 656 high, and 86 millimeters deep. So a little bit thicker, Tom, but uh, width isn't everything, you know. Well, I reckon I'm going to look at this one next. But what about 8K? It's still very pricey, but here's some recommends. The Sony ZG9, £13,000. <laughs> heard that route. You heard that right. £13,000. Screen size, 85 inches. Resolution 8K. Panel type, full array LED. HDR compatibility. Dolby Vision, HDR10 and HDL. Peak brightness. 550 CD M2, local dimming zone 720, refresh rate 240 hertz, inputs four times HDMI 2.1. So that's for the the guys who have got every console and a HD Blu-ray player. Yeah. Uh, One-time component, one-time composite, and one-times RF. Yeah. So obviously... One thing I'll say about the Sonys are that they've got... uh, They've got local dimming zones, which means if something's bright in one corner, a lot of the time the TV, TVs, obviously if you're paying 13 grand, you're going to want something absolutely stunning. But even their cheaper sets <laughs> have got like these localized dimming zones. So if it's bright in one corner, they only need to light that one corner up with the TV's HDR implementation, whereas a lot of TVs don't use this local dimming implementation. So when a bright section happens, it tends to bleed out into the blacks as well which means let's say you've got a star in a, in a space movie. Instead of that star being bright and, the, and the, the space around it being inky black as it would be, there's, there's bleed within where you've got, instead of black right near the star, it's grey. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's an extreme so, example. So anyway, yeah. cripes. So what's a budget AK, 8K going to set me back? Well, I've had a little look around. We've got James the Work Experience Boy on it. We've even got Nancy the intern uh, moving the mouse around. 
uh, and they, they've come up with this, the LG 75S M9970 PUA Nano 9 series, 75-inch. Everyone's like, why are you always going so big? Well, hear us out. 8K TV for four grand. Sure, you can get 65-inch for a grand or so less, but with 8K, you should go big or go home, or to rephrase that, if you're getting an 8K set, you've probably already remortgaged the children twice, so you may as well go all in. <laughs> Again, these sets... You can have a four. You can have a, a massive 4K or 8K TV set. Back in the day, in the days of CRT, portables looked super crisp. But when you got like a 32 inch, 42 inch CRT TV, things started to get a little bit edgy because the image quality being pumped in, it wasn't that they couldn't handle it, wasn't that great from your RF aerial. So noise was more pronounced. And with an 8K set, so many pixels on screen, you can have an absolutely massive screen and it not be impacted on the quality of the picture that you're seeing, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, the LG Nano 9 is the same A9 Gen 2 processor as the 30 grand LG OLED 8879 PUA. So you're getting the same, this is why it's a great deal, you're getting the same upscaling tech for a sixth of the price. However, once again, the Nano 9 relies on full array LED screen instead of OLED, so you miss out on those perfect inky blacks. Other than that, the LG Nano 9 is a great TV, and unless you just have to have the OLED, this is the LG 8K TV to get. But with all this comes from comes reflection, we were paying crazy money for that 1080p upgrade way back when, as we were, when 4K launched. So keep your powder dry if, you, if you're not ready to upgrade and you're happy as you are, like I say, tune, tune that TV in. Make sure you spend the time maximizing the return of investment you've got from your current set. Because those um, 8Ks are going to be 300 quid yeah. in the back of Argos before you know it. Uh, and let's <laughs> not forget, great games are great games. No matter how you hook it up, you'll still be having a blast. So most importantly, just enjoy it. Now, as always, Tom, we've reached out to our, our loyal listeners and they've got back in touch with us and we've had a host of uh, different people getting in touch. Some old names, some new, some borrowed, some blue. Let's, uh, <laughs> where did that come from? Anyway, let's kick it off. And before we do that, before we do that, what do you reckon to all that 4K, 8K gaming nonsense, next-gen noise? I think it's definitely time for me to upgrade to 4K. I've, I've seen friends and yourself with various 4K sets. And yeah, I just... You kind of feel like you're missing out a little bit sometimes, especially with a big uh, like triple A marquee title. Um, Do you know what I'd say? Which we've had it if I was lot. in the market today, yeah, and I was on a budget, and this is why it's in here without a shadow of a doubt, I'd be getting that high sense. I'm kind of piqued interest as well by the, the new Sony range that's released to coincide with the PS5 but I think they're going to be some big books as well that's um, a ZG9 Brainiac is that one of them? I thought there was two I thought that was one of them either which way you're going, sure to be, a, you're going to be yeah. over a G aren't you whereas the 3 to 400 pounds yeah, get HDR it's got 60 hertz mm. I mean yeah, it's a good. If you go in at three, if you go in at four hundred, and those H, those high sense have actually got all the tech packed in them. They're just doing them at a budget price. It's Chinese manufacturer again. You probably want someone to nail a TV together in Britain, but no one does that. Tom, they all get made in China. So does okay. your iPhone. Wretched thing that is. 
Well, anyway. we've got some Chinese listeners, so we must thank them for their time and for their TVs <laughs> and technology. So uh, be kind now. Okay. Sound like Trump. Uh, <laughs> Let's have a listen to our listeners have to say on the subject. First up, we've got Retro Gamer Thomas. I've been fortunate enough to already have a 4K TV through a deal with work. What a deal that is. I'm so glad I did because my PS4 Pro looks absolutely fantastic through it and really enhances my gaming experience. As for 8K TVs, it's going to be quite a few years before they become uh, affordable to the masses, I'm afraid. So I'll be using my 4K for the PS5 as well, which I'm sure will look even more special than my Pro. I think he's rounded that up well there, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Stick with your 4K for now, unless you're a very wealthy person and you really want to treat yourself to an 8K. It's as yeah. simple as that. Uh, next up, we've got Bo Belobre. He says, we upgraded to a 4K TV when the One X was launched. Still a great-looking unit. X-enhanced games are stunning. However, I often play the same games nice. on the original Xbox using a 19-inch 1080p TV, so I'm not that fussed. <laughs> a good game is a good game. Personally, I'm looking forward to a better frame rate and load times rather than colors and pixels. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, good point. Uh, Comet Picture 79, I'm fortunate enough to have a decent-sized 4K TV, which will be fine for the next gen. However, current models do not have HDMI 2.1, so it won't take full advantage. That being said, I totally agree with Boba Labour. A good game is a game regardless of resolution. I'm sure playing a next-gen game at 1080p will still be very impressive. One thing I will say is that if I've asked to recommend a 4K TV, I would, without hesitation, suggest a Sony Bravia. I was looking at those also, Adam. Uh, he says we also had a Samsung 4K before the Bravia and there's a notable difference in the quality of HDR and the smoothest of moving images Ooh, that's interesting okay. to know thank you next up Brett himself he says the jump from 1080p to 4K was impressive but nothing ever blew my tiny brain like when I went from playing my 360 on a CRT to my first HD flat screen yeah, that was I think that was an amazing that. yeah definitely uh, also uh, we got the Chronicles of a Gamer he said, I'd love a new TV, but as now I'm stuck with a nine-year-old 48-inch Samsung TV, uh, well, make sure you've got it singing. Like I said, their Chronicles, make sure you've got it sing on it all off the uh, same hymn sheet as your console. Make sure it's all plugged in nicely and you've got those colours all set right. He said, Queen Eva, who I refer to as Queen of Anthea on the streams, the most beautiful woman in New York, did promise me that I can upgrade to an 8K 65-inch with internet so eventually I'll have one. At least I'll have my PS5. Laughing till I cry emoji. Uh, Eva's a Oddish good woman. UK. What's he got to say? Uh, I've been gaming this past generation on a 4K TV and games I've played on the PS4 Pro like Spider-Man, Horizon, God of War, Resi 2 Remake. looked absolutely amazing. Really took advantage of what 4K has to offer, although my experience with HDR has been a bit hit and miss and I've usually opted to turn it off as I feel it made the image overblown especially in Resident Evil 2 Remake. Maybe it was the TV's limitations or my poor calibrating of the game setting there. Uh, I'm not sure we have upgraded to an OLED TV, which should make things look even better and uh, complement the PS5 nicely when it arrives. He goes on to say, I'm still a sucker for a good CRT, though, and have two Sony Trinitrons, great TVs. I'll be banned from buying any more. Currently in storage while we move house. These will be used to play the old pre-HD consoles once we're moved in and the games room is up and running. Older consoles just look better on CRT, I think, and don't translate well to modern TVs. Image-wise, although adapters like the FrameMeister do approve things a lot, a FrameMeister is rather punishing on the old wallet, but saying that CRTs now go for silly money on eBay, 
and Spock, etc. Sellers have now clocked onto their appeal to retro gamers. Yeah, I've noticed this. Adverts usually show, show the TV connected to a Mega Drive or SNES and state that it's ideal for retro gaming. Sets that were being sold for 10 or 20, and I'd have to say even being given away, others, are even advertised as free. Oh, he says it as well. Now I go for 100 to 150 as people look to profit from as retro gamers. You can't be a CRT for retro gaming there. That is true. You look for retro gaming TV, and they're like crazy money. Trinitron's the lot. They're big books. Yet those TVs were on the side of the road for many, many years, weren't they? Yeah. When the flat screens came out, you drive by, be like, oh, minute, there's a Panasonic Viera there. But there's only a limit to how much tat you can store in your house, isn't there? So people have waited, and now they're 150, you know, crazy money. Harvey Retro. Up, yeah. Uh, Our main TV in the living room is a Sony Bravia 37 inch 1080p. It's 15 years old, still going strong. I like it because it's old enough to have things like multiple SCARTs. That's one thing I miss now I've moved to 4K. Don't have the SCART connections. For all the RGB retro consoles, we'll probably get a 4K next year, I predict, for next gen. I'm also getting a little CRT 14 inch for my office soon, which I'll hook up my NES and Mega Drive to, grinning with. Uh, teeth emoji can't wait for that ha 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 8k is actually overkill for the tv screen for watching things traditional way however if zooming in becomes a thing in games for example then it would be cool 4k to punch in x2 on a section of the screen and still have a 4k image he's done the italian perfecto sign so uh who's next eslo and midna next i have uh, I've had a 14-inch 4K TV for a few years now. No, now, don't do not do that to him. He had a 15-inch 4K. A 15-inch 4K TV Yeah, you, you took now, 10 inches only... off him. <laughs> don't do but that to a man. The old television <laughs> packed in. Uh, I've yet to invest in any 4K sources to plug it into. Uh, I'm still watching Blu-rays on my five-year-old, four, uh, five-year-old PS4 and not even moved to 4K discs. Seeing as both the PS5 and Xbox Series X play 4K movie discs, I might finally make the jump, but I'm really put off uh, by the thought of games for these systems. Weighing in at 59.99 as standard, it's enough to make me keep playing current-gen games and picking up games on the cheap. Hopefully the trend for next-gen will continue that we see on the PS4, where many big games tend to be 15 to £20 pounds after a year. Okay, right. Well, sending us to the bridge this week, Tom. Well, that, sorry, that just uh, that price point isn't set in stone yet for the next gen games. Anyway, um, I think Ubisoft have actually said they're not going to increase their price. Yeah, but they're a lot of the Ubisoft games where they said they're not impre- increasing their price now. I don't think it's set in mm. stone. I think at the minute they're developing games for the PS4 and Xbox One. Um, and they're going to make them compatible, or if they do a PS5 or Xbox Series X version, let's face it, they're not going to blow the blooming doors off of it, are they? It's just going to be not much of an upgrade, I'll be honest. And it's very easy for Ubisoft to say, oh, yeah, we're not going to do that, like now. You're not doing that now. doesn't mean you're not going to do it. I think that was a... I, like, I know a lot of gamers are going to write in and say... Oh, why are you doing that? Why are you why are you trying to push up the prices of games? Because the prices of games versus inflation haven't changed. They've actually got less than they were twenty yeah. years ago. How the can someone make as well an eight K game that you demand is sixty hours long, where you can look under every single salt shaker in a restaurant and see something new or an Easter egg? How are they meant to do all that? 
One minute we get a letter saying, oh, I don't like crunch in the industry and it's not acceptable. Then the next minute, if a game's not 60 hours long, packed with more pixels than the collected listenership of the whole of the world. Most people are a melt nowadays anyway, aren't they? But they one, guy who isn't, is, uh, one guy who isn't is Rose Space Monk. I only have original uh, models of PS4 and Xbox One, so I've never been able to play them in 4K. So I'll just stick with my current 4K TV for a while. Sure, I'll be amazed by the graphics uh, when they come. To be honest, I play my PS4 on a big telly upstairs, 1080p. Still think games look great, yeah. so I'm not fussed for the moment. Maybe if I actually wore my prescription glasses, I'd think differently. Hmm. Well, thank you for that. Uh, thank you Cheers, for that. Uh, Doogie, a.k.a. Rose Space yeah. Monk. Um, what do you make of all this? I think I've asked you this once already, but I'm asking you again. You do you feel like massively like you're missing out at 1080p? Do you think you might play some of these games again, like Red Dead at 4K, and see if it makes a massive difference to your experience? Do you think you'll be able to? You don't. You're not one for revisiting games, so maybe that's not something you'd do. But Mm, I I think I always dabble. I always think like when I got my HD set um, from the CRT one I had. I, I went back on the 360 and put all those launch games in again just to see what they looked like. And it wasn't a big gap between me changing those TV sets, whereas this one will be. Um, like the, I'm hoping it'll be similar with the PS5. I'll I'll get the pay for the PS5, and then when I can save up for a TV, I'll upgrade. So I'll maybe revisit some of those PS5 launch games. Um, fingers mm. crossed that's if we can get hold of one I think they're going to be quite difficult to I think the pre-orders are going to go crazy I think people are ready for this next gen definitely whereas the last one I just personally I wasn't and I don't think there was that much of a thirst for them either no well again it depends on the games that come out of launch I mean PS4 yeah, didn't does. really come out the gates with that many must have owned launch games so a lot of the them again like now yeah. there's a lot of cross-gen games aren't there by the multi-formats mm. whereas i think you need an absolute and and whether miles morales is enough to cut it you know but you need an absolutely barnstorming out the gates like oh wow that's a reason to upgrade game if you haven't yeah. got that and it's like oh it's slightly better picture on this one and we're not going to be seeing the best out of the consoles for the first two years uh Aller xbox or you know maybe playstation playing it safe and, and maybe saving a little bit of a, a games back for later in the gen, knowing that it's, you know, only the true console files will probably just upgrade regardless. I mean, a lot of people bought a PS4 and played Resogun. I mean, that's, that's faintly ridiculous. Um, yeah. Isn't it? Right. I mean, what, 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 what do you want now? You want, you want the Ray here, do you? You want Stingray here? He's, he's, the Ray is being patient for him for once. Well, do you know what he's been up to this week? He's I'm been using magic erasers on HD ready, but not HD compatible TVs. He's been using a magic <laughs> eraser to rub that off, and he's managed to get hold of some uh, decals from Dodgy Dan the Decal Man. <laughs> <laughs> Say 8K, okay, and he's been peddling these fake AK sets all over the place. He's not... He's a bit naughty, isn't he? If those are like, who is this Stingray character? You better go back and listen to some other shows so you can find out the mystery of Stingray. But he's a man who peddles 
counterfeit goods, but we use him as a medium to talk about the new games that are coming out this week. Tom, it's time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot, what's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and the dodgy copy of Battlefront all this week. So these are the new release highlights for the week July 27th to August 2nd, 2020. Listeners, these are out digital or physical or will be by the time this podcast in your feed, but could be region-dependent. Each week we pick out a mummy mummy, I need this game. You know, we call it our mummy mummy because it's the game we'd have pulled our mummy's apron strings for and begged and promised that if we didn't buy any sweets this week and if we gave her our pocket money and, you know, our birthday money that we're getting and Christmas money, if we give you all this, can we have this game? Please, 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 please. If everyone, if we don't get this, everyone at school take the mickey out of me or not think I'm cool type scenario. That's our mummy mummy. We also pull out a VHS on a weekly basis. Do we not, Tom? We do. Now, it doesn't have to be a VHS. It can be a DVD. He does DVDs as well, does Asting Ray. It's a bit dodgy, but he's all right. Uh, they so come you, with very bad box art, usually. Very bad box art. And halfway through, someone with a top hat stands up <laughs> and uh, then decides to stand up for the rest of the showing so you just get to see either side of the top-hatted man. Any which way, have you picked yourself out a mummy mummy? I've been looking through. Uh, yeah, I've got one. Okay. Now... Have you picked out your movie? I have. I'm ready to roll. I've picked one. And tell, tell, I've been looking on the security system I've got set up here in the apartment. Tell yeah. Stingray to stop flicking his fag butts in the courtyard garden outside the studio. Okay, well, you maybe, I, I, maybe if you weren't so disgusting. lazy, you could open the window and shout that yourself, but uh, you want me to do a transatlantic phone call I mean, I don't know. It's down to the listener's imagination at this point. How, how you're in New York and I'm in the UK, and we're both picking out the same boot. But that's that's Stingray, as we say. He defies all time, logic, and sense, doesn't Digital he? Digital games. Digital games. Ah. Anyway, first out of the boot, Ageless PC and Switch, July twenty eighth. Ageless is a story driven puzzle platformer where you must alter the age of animals and plants, life around you, to progress. Players Kiara, a young girl who braves through heartache and loss as she journeys across a mysterious world to discover its secrets and herself. Hmm. Destroy All Humans next, uh, the remake on PC, PS4 and Xbox One, July 28th. The cult classic returns, terrorise the people of 1950s Earth in the role of evil alien Crypto-137, Harvest their DNA and bring down the US government in the faithful remake of the legendary alien invasion action adventure. Now, this one really should be one of our mummy mummies, but uh, I know which one I'm picking. And, 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 and you know, if I'm wearing the t shirt, you know that's why. But this one is, it looks fabulous. It's grounded yeah, it on PC and Xbox One, July 28th. The world is a vast, beautiful, and dangerous place, especially when you've been shrunk to the size of an ant. Can you thrive alongside the hordes of giant insects fighting to survive? perils of the backyard next we've got made of skur pc ps4 and xbox one july 28th made of skur is first person survival horror set in the remote hotel with the gory um mag macabre macabre history from british folklore brave the nightmares of the quiet ones do not panic don't even breathe mm. is this next one your mummy mummy uh it is yeah skate yeah, Skater XL, PC, PS4, and Xbox One, July 28th. Experience unparalleled ball control and responsiveness. 
while you skate iconic real-world skate spots. This is the evolution of skateboarding gameplay. With independent foot control and unique physics-based gameplay, skate gamers finally have the expressive controls they have always dreamed of. Looks good, that, Tom. I don't know what the review... Yeah. I, I haven't played it myself, and I haven't checked out the industry's review scores yet, but... Uh, hmm, I think it's the closest to Skate 4 you'll get to Skate 4. Yeah. It, and, and no doubt, knowing EA, that won't be very good anyway. Uh, Terrarium. Terror, Terrarium on the PC, July 28th. Terrarium is a 3D puzzle platformer about wanton destructible. Destruction and adorable gore across a galaxy of community-designed murder gardens. Conquer dangerous alien worlds as a feisty granny with a chip on her shoulder and an army of cute but expendable walking mushrooms. You can't make some of these up, can you? you <laughs> Absolutely can't. They sound brilliant. like we do. They sound like we do make them up. Blightbound on the PC, July 29th. Blightbound is a multiplayer dungeon crawler that has three heroes to venture down from their mountain refuge to face the abominations of the blight. Uh, a mysterious corrupting fog that enshrouds the land. Mm. For the people out on PC, July 30th, a great day, that is. You know, only great things happen on July the 30th. So this there's, a, there's, 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 there's absolute destiny coming up here. For the people is an acute social novel with strategic elements in which you, you take control of the newly appointed mayor of a small city. Will the party provide for the, will the, party provide for the people or are the people just cogs in its machine? Choice is yours, comrade. Uh, yeah, that sounds all right. Yeah. Don't want a bit of strategy. Um, Hellpoint on the PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch July 30th. Hellpoint is an intense action RPG taking place on Irid Novo, a derelict space station soaked in an intoxicating dark sci-fi atmosphere. Fight dreadful creatures, basic cosmic gods, and unravel their twisted story. Should the challenge be too great, play with a friend in local or online co-op. Uh, I'll take this one so you can have your game as well. Yeah. Uh, what happened? PC July 30th. What happened is a nightmarish first-person exploration of anxiety and depression from the perspective of American high school student Styles. Up next. Now, I'm going to have a little mini rant here because this is on Games Pass, I believe, as well. So, obviously, if you're an Xbox team and you've got Games Pass, you get this absolutely free of charge. You're also going to get the exclusive upgraded version, which is a timed exclusive, to the Xbox Series X. Gamers, don't waste Big Phil and Uncle Bill Gates' money by not getting all over exclusivity to the Yakuza franchise. They're trying to give you taste. They give you zero. They give you Kwame. They give you Kwame 2. They're going to give you access to eight. Seven, sorry. Rise Story of a Dragon. What is wrong with you? If I don't hear loads of you messaging in Xbox gamers saying, oh, do you know what? I took the Diver played. It's absolutely amazing. Brilliant. You, you're wasting big Uncle Bill's, Bill Gates' money here because this is a great series. Yakuza Kiwami 2, PC and Xbox One, July 30th. Kazumi Kiryu, the dragon of Dojima, must face the ambitious Ryoju Goda, the dragon of Kanzai, in an all-out war between two rival Yakuza clans. An extreme recreation of one of the Yakuza's most beloved entries, now in stunning 4K and unlocked frame rates. There can be only one dragon. Yakuza 2, let alone Yakuza Kiwami 2, it's an absolutely great game. I had a little dabble on PS2 the other day, Tom, just because why not? Uh, 
And that Kiwami just does some wonderful things to it. It looks incredible. 4K, unlock frame rates. There can be only one dragon. That's my mummy mummy. I need this game. And if you've got Games Pass and the fact it's free, <sighs> awesome deal. Get it downloaded, get it finished, then message me. We can talk. What's that last thing he's got in the boot, Tom? I do not know where Tom has gone. Sorry, man. I was on mute. That's a bad. Fairy tale, PC, PS4. <laughs> For a minute there, I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have to finish the show on my own. Oh, my God. He's gone. Technical difficulties, but the only technical. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fairy tale, PC, PS4, Switch, July 31st. Players powerful mages from different guilds, a total of 16 playable characters. Various characters from guilds other than fairy tale appear also. The game includes an original episode. Familiar moves from the source material, uh, such as Unison's Raid, Extreme Magic, can be performed. There are also a Unison Raid that are original to the game as well. Nice. That game, I don't know whether it's because it's tied to a, an existing franchise, but the price on that was fifty nine ninety nine, I believe, <laughs> which, is, which seems ridiculous. But there you go. Um, those that paid attention at the beginning of the show, Tom, know that I'm now going to ask you what you're hoping to play. Uh, hopefully Progressive Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, mm. That's all. I don't, yeah, I don't play a wide variety of games. It's, I don't own that many, to be honest. Um, I'm kind Mickey of, Mouse. I don't, I'm disappointed that you've never played a Yakuza game. Did you play it on PS2 back in the day or not? No, uh, I'm surprised I never did dabble in that as well. It would have been the sort of thing I'd have found interesting. I always remember yeah. looking at it in the magazines and thinking, oh, that looks like Shenmue. And for reasons discussed on the show, it does for very, very decent for many, many reasons. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's just like the apex of evolution as far as Shenmue is concerned. And those Kiwamis make those sort of early 2000 games just look incredible. Such good games. They're good games. A, yeah. Sorry, just speaking about playing games. I also on a Nintendo Switch, which I haven't played since the beginning of lockdown. Hmm. I've, I lent it to my brother, but it's like I've just not felt the need to play it. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah. There's nothing on it, is there? Let's face it. There is, there was. There's nothing much this year. Every me. week, like, though, obviously... we seem to read out like a trashy Steam game that's been converted to Switch. It's not as though we're getting anything like, oh, I must have a Switch for that. I think a lot of people like myself buy a Nintendo console for its first-party games. And this year, if you're not an Animal Crossing fan and you're not a Mario, Paper Mario fan... Paper Mario. Yeah, if you're not a fan of those, it's been a bit of a dry old do for the first six months of the year. We don't know what's coming for the winter forum. Uh, they seem very shady about revealing anything. Um, maybe in the coming months we'll get some information, but maybe they haven't got a lot to show. Must be a bit of a weird know. time to be a Nintendo, to be Nintendo, because... They're I mean, still successful, about though. This like, on Switch, is, 
The Switch is yeah. still selling gangbuster numbers, don't get me wrong. It's like yeah. an amalgamation of the success that the 2DS and Game Boy consoles experienced in the past and, you know, probably a, a harken back to the days that they would... I think a lot of people see the Switch as their second console. Maybe people have an Xbox and the Switch and the PlayStation mm. and the Switch. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Not many people have the, the holy trifecta of all three, I don't think. Uh, I mean... You know, I did, do. but it's, you did. it was not good. Um, and if I'm Nintendo and I've got Breath of the Wild 2, which for all intents and purposes, from what we know, is is basically almost like a, a Majora's Mask rehash of Breath of the Wild, that might be the only thing you're going to put up against the tidal wave that is the 8K capable BMOS of PS5 and Xbox Series X. I mean, it, I mean, at what point do you look like King Canute on the beach in Britain <laughs> telling the sea not to come in? You know, that, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're the King of England or not, you can't tell the sea not to come in. You're not that, you're not that powerful. Now, yeah. Does it like my, my concern at the moment is James, the work experience prime example. He uses his switch a lot for Fortnite. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that Unreal Engine 5 has really been paid for by James the Work Experience Boy buying a fishy skin <laughs> or a dance or an emote on Fortnite. Epic Games has obviously accumulated a lot of money off the back of Fortnite, and they've doubled down. It's Unreal Engine 5 looks incredible. Now, they say it's scalable, but Unreal Engine 5 is going to be the underpinning of Fortnite going forward with realistic physics and almost mm. a more visceral and realistic art style than we've seen before. How's that going to work out on the base switch? Yeah, going to struggle, isn't it? That's yeah. It's even compatible. Yeah. Um, I, I just can't see... And, and, and again, I don't mean to be mean to Nintendo, but I should imagine a lot of uh, Nintendo, modern Nintendo Switch owners are using it for that free-to-play game. So at that point, are they going to jump? But are they going to say that's not good yeah. enough for me anymore? Are they going to jump ship? Maybe, but then a lot still play on their iPad or iPhone, uh, and it's the same. It's yeah. the same game, so they'll have to scale it to that. So, it dep- I think the mobile technology will, will progress enough that um, the Switch will have an upgraded console. Really, do you think they're working on that? Because obviously, we get some rumors and leaks. We get our yeah. gritty mitts on, and obviously we get some heads up from people and other bits and bobs, but we've had nothing, not a sausage out of Ninty HQ. Why it's selling, I don't think they will, but I think they've probably just got it on the back burner. It's there, ready to probably start manufacturing if they needed it to. Cause, well, um, thinking Switch I think, Pro? Yeah, because I think the chip they use has now been like, there's like a newer version of it. I was reading the other day. Is it NVIDIA? I'm not sure. I think it is NVIDIA. Yeah, NVIDIA. Yeah. It's called NVIDIA. NVIDIA, sorry. Um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see that at some point. Uh, it's inevitable. As I say, um, okay. we need to do our VHS pick. What was yours? Oh, crikey. You've got people hanging on the telephone. Mine was going to be, I don't know if I've picked this out before, but it's going to be The Adventure of Cold Trickle, a.k.a. Days of Thunder. Nice. Tom Cruise classic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mine is a uh, the dynamic duo of Ridley Scott and Russell Crowe, and it's not Gladiator. 
It's a film no, called don't. A Good Year. Oh, goodness gracious for that. I thought you were going to say that. Did he do that Robin Hood as well? I've not seen that. It, uh, it looks uh, Yeah, that's good. It's actually oh, is good. It? Yeah, I don't know why people poo-poo that. It's actually it, a good film. Yeah, it's not everything I do or do it for you, is it? It's not. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> well, it's, it's not. not I'm not gonna that. stab his heart out with a spoon. But why a spoon, sheriff? Because it would hurt more. It's not that, is it? You know. Anyway, it's dull, you're you gonna play twitch. ghosts. Yeah. You were contractually obliged to ask me what I'm hoping to play, but I'm gonna save you the aggro and just say, Darkest Dungeon, MLB 14, Ghost of Tsushima, and Final Fantasy 15. Very good. That's what I'm hoping to play. Hoping. Hoping. Hoping to play. Anyway, with that done, hopefully a good deed done, Tom. We've talked some people through the upgrade to 4K and possibly even 8K. Um, oh, we can't let them go yet, though, can we? Because we need to give them the tagline of the show, the all-inclusive, friendly tagline, which uh, the show's name's coined because uh, back in the day, if you were player two, you were often given the unofficial controller, Tom, weren't you? But as we always say, that's all we have time for this week, listeners. As always, thank you for your time. We look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. And remember, there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do that that counts. See you, Tom. See ya. (laughs) 